pulling out of my driveway, and we all know what that means. It's time for another podcast of loathing. I'm Zach, and I'm here today to talk about the Turtle Tamer and the Turtle Tamer's skills. Second in the series. You'd think I would have gotten better at this having practiced once, but you'd be wrong. Um, I think it's... With the Turtle Tamer, uh, there's been fewer changes over time, so I think I'm just going to go through pre-revamp skills in level order and then post-revamp skills in level order because it doesn't really matter what order they went into the database in. Um, so Turtle Tamer was the second muscle class. I don't super remember what I was thinking when I first did it. I think I... Later on, I kind of retconned in the idea that of the two muscle classes, one of them was sort of moxie secondary and one of them was mysticality secondary, and then likewise for all of the the other classes. Um, and I guess in that model, seal clubber would be muscle, then moxie, and then turtle tamer would be muscle, then mist. They started out sort of based on the idea of a more defensive muscle class, whereas the seal clubber was a more berserker offensive one and influenced a lot by the, uh, the shaman in EverQuest. That was the, the, the character class that I played the, the only class that I played significantly in, uh, in EverQuest. And something that I liked about them was that they had buffs that they could cast on other players. And that was a thing that made it so people liked them and they could make a bunch of money in the player economy. Specifically, uh, the shaman in EverQuest had a had a skill that would um, make you walk faster, which was a thing that was valuable to you no matter what level of of play you were at, and so it was very sought after, and it was like a good way for new players to to get a toehold in the economy. Um, so, turtle tamers, at least in the in in the order in which we're uh, talking about them, are the first buffing class that we've talked about. Um, Pre-Ascension, this was more of a thing uh, because there were effects that you could only get if you got another player to cast a buff on you. Now that a lot of people are just in uh, in Ronin a lot of the time, buffs are just kind of a different kind of self-buff, but they're, they're fundamentally different in the way that they work in the code, at least, um, because buffs allow you to target other players. Um, over time, there came to be bots that would just give anybody those buffs for essentially no meat um which was a little bit of a bummer it historically people have figured out the ways in which the economy of the game the the single player economy of the game breaks down as you become a higher level player and like the fact like yeah you can make a, you know, you can level a player up to level 200 or whatever, and they have so much mana and restoring mana is so cheap using some item that restores all your mana or whatever. I I don't remember what the buff bots used, um, that you can effectively cast infinite turns of the basic class buffs and like, okay, cool. It's nice that you're providing that service to players, but there is, you know, the, the MP scarcity of that of the first few months of the of KOL as a multiplayer game was economically interesting at least right and it's and i and i while i can sympathize with the desire when a new player comes in and says hey uh how do i get more adventures to just send them a huge care package of 
extremely high turn yield foods that cost nothing because they came from something that we didn't balance particularly well. Uh, I, I do think that there's a little bit of spoilage that happens there, not in terms of like spoiling, uh, spoiling a twist in content, but like spoiling you like your grandma giving you too much candy and then you just expect candy all the time um, and you won't eat your vegetables. But, you know, that that uh, horse is out of the barn and that ship has sailed and would have been funnier if I had said the ship is out of the barn and that horse has sailed. Um, something that I realized about these uh, these drive to work style uh, single uh, person shows is that they are probably not going to be very funny. And that's, you know, that's a bummer to the kind of person who wants them to be funny. But uh, what are you going to do? Um, Turtle Tamers gradually morphed into more of a pet class once familiars were a thing. Uh, and I guess familiars were a thing when turtle tamers initially got their first like handful of skills. Maybe I don't, I, I, something that I ought to do is do an extremely early game retrospective where I just look through the trivials and the announcements from like the first year and see how much I can remember about, uh, the order in which stuff went in. Anyway, um, yeah, so the basics were more armor and defense focused than the seal clubber, but still doing melee attacks, but with just maybe also a little bit more of a magic-y focus as as time went by and a, kind of an animistic uh, flair. I, it's easy to run into problematic territory when you're doing anything with uh, just animism or or shamanism in general, and I think this is another case where our stuff content wise is so goofy and so innocuous that we would get a pass on things that if we were trying to be sort of gritty or edgy with them would get rightfully called out. Um, and I don't, I think we're generally not invoking native American imagery and that kind of thing. But maybe we are, and I just don't notice it. Anyway, there's certainly, certainly in no way is the turtle tamer meant to be Native American. It's, I think, just generally trades on uh, overall, like, Aboriginal vibe to things. Um, the, I remember, like, the, I forget what the... I think that the turtle totem used to be something else. I don't entirely remember the history of the starting gear. At a certain point, uh, it was like, oh, hey, I know. Seal clubbers will use clubs, but turtle tamers will use maces. That is a distinction, but it's not really a distinction. Um, so then they got kind of flaily because that is a thing that is like an interesting weapon for a, for like a priest class to use that doesn't have, uh, doesn't have, uh, the ability to use bladed weapons. Yeah. Anyway. Level zero skill, patience of the tortoise. Uh, that's just their version of the self buff uh, skill that every class got. And instead of getting, I think, I think the seal, the seal clubber one was just plus muscle, and this one some muscle and a little bit of hit points. Um, so that's fine. That's a good thing to spend your MP on if you uh, don't have anything else to spend your MP on. Um, and then toss is their starting combat skill, which that one was a little weird because I was like, oh, they should just get a thing where they use their familiar as their basic attack. But then wait a minute. 
a new player doesn't have a familiar until they've done the woods quest to get the mosquito larva. Uh, so it just says something about you picking up a rock and throwing it if you uh, uh, if you don't have a familiar when you're doing it. And again, that was just a way for uh, new players right out of the gate to have a free alternative to a basic attack, which will get outclassed by a basic attack over time. It's uh, it's it's capped in how much uh, extra damage it can do. And it, uh, the extra damage that it does is uh, determined by your familiar weight, which is sort of inherently capped anyway. Um, next skill was Headbutt. Uh, this was, again, like the smacks for the Seal Clubber. These were a bunch of things that were... Uh, this is just a thing that does a regular attack, but then adds some extra effect to it. And this was like a second source of damage that was determined by the uh, the power of your helmet. And this, after the revamp, changed to be affected by the turtle blessings that you get. But I'm going to talk about all that stuff all at once when we get to that section. Um Next one was Skin of the Leatherback, which was just a passive. It used to be damage absorption, and then it became damage reduction once damage reduction became a thing. Um, I think we we changed the way that shields work and added damage reduction as a concept. Maybe when, when Xenophobe came on and we padded out the skills the rest of the way to 15, not entirely sure when that happened. Um, Amphibian Sympathy is just a plus familiar weight passive. Um, Ghostly Shell is a uh, a buff that just gives some armor to another player. And I think that Astral Shell used to just be a different uh, uh, level of that. And either Astral Shell became something else. Uh, we'll get to it. I should have read more of this ahead of time. Yeah, Astral Shell... Yeah, similar. But anyway, uh, this was just a plus armor buff. And this maybe was the first buff that existed um their level five skill is armor craftiness which is just the uh i mean nominally high-end uh crafting of uh, pants and helmets and shirts and shields uh, out of animal skins uh, that were just normal drops and again uh, this kind of has the same problems that the seal clubber trade skill uh, had which was that because it's about making durable goods it's just kind of inherently less economically interesting and long-term interesting as you as you level up a character in an mmo um tenacity of the snapper is a buff that was uh, just plus weapon damage and again very simple very straightforward buff um Knee butt was like headbutt, but it used your pants power rather than your helmet power. But again, it was a thing that um, just came on, came along at the end of a normal weapon attack. Uh, and if you if your attack missed, it wouldn't do anything. Um, Empathy of the Newt is a plus familiar weight buff. Uh, so that was just one that you could cast on other players. That was, I think, one of the first like genuinely sought after buffs just because familiar weight has a lot of extremely versatile metagame effects. And so it's a thing that you just essentially always wanted on. Uh, for level nine, I for level nine, both of the skills are post-revamp skills. So I think one of these just got added to 10, and I'm not entirely sure why. Maybe I wanted to space the buffs out or something. Um, but uh, so there's Reptilian Fortitude, which is a, just a plus max HP buff. So again, pretty simple. Um, pretty straightforward but a thing that you could 
cast on another player. Um, also, at some point during the during the, I don't remember if this was during the skill revamp or what we. No, during the skill revamp, we just changed the way that this worked on the back end. But at at some point, we started tying the duration of buffs to what you were uh, to what kind of totem you used. I think it was always like that for accordion thieves. Uh, the duration of the buff always depended on uh, what accordion you had, like the best accordion that you had equipped or in inventory. And then I think we added that feature to turtle tamers when we added a bunch of totems and to saucers with uh, different saucepans that you had to use uh, to cast the buffs. I think that restriction just wasn't there to begin with. Um, and then shield butt, which for a long time, shield butt was like the cornerstone of a combat suite because it was cheap and it never missed. And it was... I don't know why it might have just been cheaper for its damage output than spells. And it created a kind of an interesting situation in early Ascension days, as I recall, where access to a shield was kind of limited. And so a thing that gave you access to a shield early on was interesting as like, say, an item of the month feature. Um, I'm sure that something eventually happened in lower level content where I added a shield or or just there got to be. Either it got to be less important or it got to be trivial to acquire a shield on turn zero. And so that, um, as all interesting interactions, eventually went away. Um, it was eventually, it was changed during the during the skill revamp to only auto hit if you're a turtle tamer. Uh, kind of the same as a lot of things got, I mean, nerfed with quotes around it, but basically like, Every class got their version of a of an ability to do damage in a in a similar way. Uh, level eleven wisdom of the elder tortoises that is a plus fifty percent maximum MP passive. This was like a good thing to perm early on because it is valuable to you no matter what class you are. It's a pretty significant effect, and um, you know just uh, that's kind of in support of the turtle tamer as kind of mystic uh, class. Astral Shell, um, that is like Ghostly Shell. And in fact, I think it might have been, it used to be just identical to, to Ghostly Shell, or maybe it was just slightly more damage absorption. But at some point we added elemental resistance to it uh, to kind of differentiate it. Um, and then for the the sort of like early, the 2006 uh, padding the skills out to level 15, we added Spooky Resistance to them. Uh, in cold-blooded fearlessness, the level 13 skill, and then in level 14, we put in hero of the half shell, which I remember having a hard time coming up with like anything really meaningful to do with turtle tamers because they they were, although I think they're conceptually interesting, they were mechanically kind of one note. We didn't want to add even more familiar weight power to them because that was already a thing that was of outsized metagame importance. Um, so these other two just got kind of weird. Uh, there's Hero of the Half Shell, which that uh, damage reduction normally influenced by Moxie is based on muscle when you're wearing a shield unless your Moxie is higher, which that's hard to even like. I don't even remember how that. OK, typically when a monster hits you and deals damage, it deals the amount of damage that it deals base plus its power minus your moxie and with this skill if you had a shield on 
it would take the higher of your moxie or muscle. So it was basically, instead of moxie determining how much damage you took, it was using muscle to soak damage. Um, I think that generally in high skill play, and again, I could be totally off base about this, you're not getting hit a lot. And so this is just not that much of a thing. And then likewise, uh, Tau of the Terrapin or Dao of the Derrapin, the level 15 skill that they got just makes your pants count as double their power for damage absorption. And apparently I thought that this was pretty pointless. And back in the like Darth Dud days, uh, it was somehow important to survivability at like the bleeding edge, which I mean, I guess at that point, maybe hero of the half shell was too. I don't really understand what, uh, combat is like fundamentally in high skill play, you know, early on, when you were cranking monster level up to the point where like when power leveling, like when leveling up through an ascension wasn't as kind of trivial as it is now uh, at the high end, it was more important to be able to crank monster level up and to be able to survive high level combat so that you could earn more stats so that, you know, you could work more so that you could earn more stats. Uh, and Tau was somehow relevant to the survivability at high monster level. I guess like maybe if you had to survive one round of combat before you were able to get an entangling noodles cast off or something like that. Um, and then the sort of older ones that weren't part of the guild skills, the count or yeah, the uh, ones that you bought spectral snapper was the spooky Raven manor skill. And that is just an auto hitting spooky damage spell that I think eventually got a portion of uh, your muscle attached to the damage, but I don't think it was like that to begin with. Um, Summon Leviatuga uh, is the C uh, skill. It only works underwater, and it's just like a bunch of uh, a bunch of hit points and flat damage that auto hits. Um, Jingle Bells was the Crimbo uh, 2009 skill. That one uh, required a new... So, there was always the, the notion of certain familiars only acting a percentage of the time and I had never made anything that broadly influenced that and Jingle Bells was the first thing that did that. So like if a thing had, if a thing, if a familiar acted like had a 30% chance of acting on a given round, I think Jingle Bells was just a flat 25%. So that would make it a 55% chance. Um, eventually I started and I, and I almost, it has occurred to me to just go through all of the old familiars and make this happen, which is just that they will always act on the first round and then have a less have a lessened chance of acting on future rounds, just because I think that that's friendlier, um, even reducing it by quite a bit. Like even say if if a familiar has a 50 percent chance of like attacking or deleveling or doing whatever it does. Also, like familiars that act round to round we tend to avoid like sort of, and I say we tend to, we dogmatically avoid anything that's sort of metagame effective in familiars like that, just so that we're not encouraging people dragging out combat. And so they're all just, all of the things that this would affect are just kind of helping you fight. And so I think it's friendlier to just force them to act on the first round and then have a lessened chance of acting in rounds after that. It just makes it more consistently because if you're a person who's using a familiar that's geared towards combat survivability, then why not help you with that? Like that's 
that difficulty is not what this game is supposed to be about. Uh, the traveling trader skill was uh, Curiosity of Br'er Terrapin. Uh, the it's a buff that is uh, increases the familiar experience gain per combat. I also think that wasn't always a thing that was influenceable by effects and skills and stuff. Uh, but there was a period of time where we were like, oh, that's another thing that we could uh, we could start to change. Okay, uh, post skill revamp in 2016. Uh, added Spirit Vacation, which is their spend an adventure instead of MP skills, and you get, uh, I forget what the effect does. I should have looked at that. Um, you get 10 turns of, I think it's maybe, yeah, it's some MP regen and max MP. And so that, like, an MP regen skill, it wouldn't make any sense to spend MP on that. It would, it would be fine, but it would just be like, okay, here's a, you're making a deposit in, at the MP bank and earning interest on it later. But spending an adventure on it was like, oh, okay, fine. Um, this one I think is even less, you know, it heals you. And so it has that, uh, it has that value for a new player in that it's like slightly better than resting at your campsite uh, once you've gotten that skill. Uh, but again, like it's not, it's not a thing that any serious player will do or care about. Um and then Blessing of the War Snapper, you get pretty early. And I think I will wait until I've gotten to the third one of these to uh, uh, go over what all of these things do uh, because they can they can just all kind of happen at once. There's, there's just kind of like a big grid of the ways that they interact with things. But um, the overall premise of the turtle tamer revamp was it kind of because turtle tamers had kind of morphed into this shaman slash martial arts thing with the kicking and headbutting and stuff a uh a thing that combined the animist concepts of appealing to different spirits and also was kind of akin to different combat stances felt pretty appealing um and it, I, I enjoyed the world building of the, it, like, I think it's the kind of thing that I think of as a little bit too self-serious for the tone of KOL. But then I realize, oh, well, they're turtles. Like, I don't think of them being turtles as a thing that's goofy, but the fact that they are turtles is kind of inherently, it, it isn't necessarily less silly just because it's like, a goof about a thing with a more serious tone. It's I don't I should have thought about that in an attempt to articulate it better, but um anyway, you get 3 of these over the course of your of your leveling up and they have various effects on a lot of the old skills and they they have effects just on their own. Um stiff upper lip is the first uh of the turtle tamer's facial expressions. I kind of forgot one of the earlier scowl of the Auk, I guess was the seal clubber one that became a facial expression um i think all of the rest of the classes got two new facial expressions um turtle tamers definitely did uh, stiff upper lip was just their defensive just a damage reduction one which again you know maybe that's helpful when you're a level three turtle tamer trying to figure out how to survive a fight it's not it's not one of the it, it would be a fairly late uh, skill perm for a serious player. Uh, pizza lover. This was, 
in the turtle table tater yeah in the terminal tater skill revamp in the turtle tamer revamp I'm not going to say that I ran out of ideas, but I was definitely closer to running out of ideas than I was in some of the others. Like some of them, there was more stuff that I wanted to do that I could really pack into 15 new skills. This one was like, eh, okay, this skill is just kind of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles joke. Stat gains and adventure yields from eating pizza is improved um, because you're a turtle. Uh, Shell up is a defensively themed attack sort of uh you it basically prevents all of the damage that you're going to take the round after you do it and also has some effect on them based on what the turtle blessing that you have is uh, i think with no blessing it does a little bit of damage and that's fine although i think yeah if the if the monster is not going to hit you then it just does, doesn't do anything, which that's a little bit of a bummer. But um, I think in the same way that I eventually made it so the player never just misses an attack, it would have maybe been better from a design standpoint if monsters had always hit also um, and that they just did less damage. And instead of having hits and miss messages that they had to hit and glancing blow messages just so that something like this would have been a more reasonable thing to do. Maybe I'm wrong about that. It doesn't, doesn't super matter. Anyway, I'll get into more of what shell up does when we get to the, uh, turtle blessings, uh, wiki page that I'm going to read aloud just word for word. Uh, spirit snap is a kind of a spell that you cast, which also, uh, just does stuff based on which blessing you have. So again, we'll get to that. Uh, blessing of she who was that. So the war tortoise was a more melee attack focused, uh, spirit slash stance. And, uh, she who was is a more spooky slash, uh, spell damage, uh, focused one. And, uh, we'll see that as we get to stuff. Uh, butts of steel is a passive that just increases, uh, the accuracy and damage of your butt skills. Oh, I forgot about, um, there used to be around the time, in fact, at the time of the 2006 uh, finishing out of the skills, we also added the ability to chain together the butt skills uh, at a mana discount. Um, and that was always kind of messy. Like those were the only things at that time and for a long time after that that were like hard coded into the skill drop downs and so it was like a it was like a hassle when the combat action bar got implemented and it didn't feel it felt like more sort of convoluted complexity than was earned by how useful or how funny or or cool it felt um and so those i i just did away with those during the during the revamp but um but yeah, so this this passive just makes it so you're more likely to hit if you're using one of the butt skills and they do more damage, um, probably just by increasing the percentage of the uh, relevant armor piece that they use. Um, spiky Shell, uh, I, I don't remember if this like replaced an old skill or what, but it was uh, it is another buff that you can cast and it's, it's just a, a damage shield. Um, these, I think, are not super useful in KOL in general as a concept. Um, the things that do damage to a monster when it hits you. They're also very like, 
they create confusing situations. Like if a monster is defeated as a result of your damage shield, it seems weird if it also still defeated you, but like it wouldn't have taken the damage if you hadn't taken the damage. And that's a thing that's just surprisingly hard to communicate. Um, anyway, that was just another buff that they got. Maybe the only new buff in the, um, in the skill revamp. Uh, testudinal teachings is just a passive that increases the, uh, experience gain of your familiars and i think i don't remember if this is like better for turtle tamers than it is for non-turtle tamers but um but it might be uh blessing of the storm tortoise is the third um uh the third blessing and that one is a uh sort of a celerity and uh electricity one so more mp and uh things are fast and you get combat initiative uh, bonus. Um, the long view is just a plus three adventures a day passive, which that's like, you know, this was like, Hey, here's a thing that people will want to perm. Um, Cause it's just, just all gravy. Uh, Spirit boon is a self buff that gives you a buff based on what blessing you have. So again, when we get to the blessings page, that will, uh, that will all be illuminated. Patient smile is the other uh, facial expression that Turtle Tamers got during the revamp. And it is a plus one muscle substat per fight. Uh, so that one's pretty good, potentially. Um, it at least has any metagame value. I don't know if leveling is to the point where one substat is at all meaningful. Um, if there's like a plus item drops facial expression maybe that's the one that you want to use all the time uh, i don't know let let me know in the comments there aren't really comments uh turtle power uh that uh invokes a blessing and kind of this was i think just straight up ripped off from world of warcraft where the as an elemental shaman or maybe as any shaman you could occasionally take on this like avatar form which just made you really powerful for like a few seconds and then it had a long cooldown um my main in world of warcraft is an elemental shaman and so a lot of the stuff that i liked about that made it over to to this game in various contexts but uh with the turtle tamer especially um right but again when we get to turtle blessings i'll talk about what turtle power does under different circumstances and now we're at turtle blessing, turtle blessings. Okay. So, uh, the way that these work, these were also meant to be the thing that differentiated the playstyle of turtle tamers by only working in the way that they work for turtle tamers. They're, they're, they're the turtle tamer equivalent of, uh, the seal clubbers fury. Um, so you pick a blessing and it gives you an intrinsic. And then the longer you have that particular blessing, uh, the more turns you spend with it, and it might actually be the more fights you spend with it, because that tends to be the way that I count those things up, is at the end of fights. Um, the more powerful the blessing gets up to like three levels. You get a blessing, then you get a grand blessing, and then you get a glorious blessing. Uh, the war snapper starts out with just plus five muscle and plus five weapon damage, and then those go up by five each of the each time the blessing upgrades. Uh, she who was gives you plus mysticality and plus spooky damage. And that's, I think it's only, it's only spooky damage to, uh, melee attacks, which, uh, goes, goes against the kind of spellcastery thing that I 
said it was about earlier, but but still. Uh, and then Blessing of the Storm Tortoise, uh, you get a bunch of maximum MP, not a bunch, 10, 20, and 30. Uh, and then 5% uh, initiative per level of the Blessing. Um, and so it takes, there are items that make it uh, upgrade faster, but generally you, with nothing special going on, you have to have the same intrinsic for 100 turns before you get to the Glorious Blessing level. Um, if you cast one of the blessings when you're not a turtle tamer, instead of getting the intrinsic that like levels up and affects your other stuff, you just get an effect that is the first level of the blessing um, that lasts a few turns, and it's like not a very good deal. It's not meant to be. Uh, it's not meant to be a thing that you would do. Uh, so, uh, headbutt. When you have the Blessing of the War Snapper, it just does more damage. Uh, when you have She Who Was, it does spooky damage instead of physical damage. And when you have the Storm Tortoise, you headbutt twice. Um, I don't know if the increased damage and the headbutting twice are equivalent. Uh, if you were in a set of circumstances where you wanted to do multiple sources of damage, like the uh, the thing I do on bosses all the time where every individual source of damage is capped... Um, Attacking twice might be more valuable than attacking once at higher damage. Um, Warsnapper increases the damage that monsters take if you shell up. Um, okay, so shell up, they hit you, you don't take any damage, but they take damage equal to 10% of your muscle. Uh, the Warsnapper blessings increase that to 15, 20, and 25%. Uh, she Who Was, you restore hit points when they uh, when they hit you when you're shelled up. And Storm Tortoise, this is the Turtle Tamer's multi-round stun. Um, so them hitting you while you have the blessing of the storm tortoise, uh, stuns them for three, four or five rounds, depending on the level of the blessing. Um, spirit snap, uh, war snapper makes it do a percentage, a higher percentage of your muscle in damage. She who was makes it do spooky damage instead. And the storm tortoise one, it does damage. And then they continue to get hit by lightning over the course of the, uh, over the course of the rest of the fight. Um, knee butt, uh, it just does damage with no blessing. If you have war snapper, uh, blessing, it delevels their defense. Um, if you have she who was blessing, it does spooky damage instead of uh, physical and then delevels their attack. And then the storm tortoise, it, uh, I don't know what it does. The wiki just says damage. It might just do more. Um, I remember having kind of a hard time. Like once I realized, ah, shit, I've just multiplied the amount of stuff that I have to come up with for these, um, having a little bit of a hard time figuring out, especially like, cause they're not super differentiated from one another. And like the storm tortoises deal, mostly being initiative that doesn't really lend itself to doing things within combat. Um, shield, butt uh, with no blessing, it just does some damage with the war tortoise, uh, blessing. It has a chance of, uh, it does more damage and has a chance to stagger, which is a one round stun. Um, those eventually came to be called staggers. They weren't always. Um, she who was, it uh, restores HP, does spooky damage and restores HP. And with the storm tortoise, it like uh, also adds additional sources of passive storm damage. Uh, so it'll keep doing damage over time, which again, that's also a thing that's useful if you are in a, protract a protracted fight with a boss or whatever, where you need to do a, a bunch of sources of damage over time. Um, 
Spirit Boon uh, just gives you, uh, depending on your rank, you get more turns. Depending on your blessing, uh, the, ble- the rank of the blessing, you get more turns of this effect for your 30 MP. Um, War Snapper, it makes your melee attacks uh, restore some of your HP. Uh, Storm Tortoise, your melee attacks restore some of your MP. Uh, which that one's a little weird that you're spending MP to get MP restoration, but like it'll pay for itself if you're doing a lot of damage. Um, and she who was, uh, it just increases the amount of damage that you do and makes your melee attacks deal spooky damage instead of uh, physical damage. Um, when you use turtle power and become the avatar of, uh, of these different things, uh, you get a very, you get a short, uh, very powerful effect. Uh, Avatar of the War Snapper. I forget what this actually means. Um, you take very little damage in combat, and I don't know if that just like really cranks up the damage reduction, or if it like actually just takes the damage you do and reduces it to a percentage or whatever. Um, your regular attacks never miss, and you can unleash Rage of the War Snapper, which is, um, it just does a an attack equal to a percentage of your buffed muscle. And then it does that two more times. So it's just like a bam, 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 kind of uh, like uh, the old one, two, three in West of Loathing. Uh, if you become the avatar of she who was, you get a bunch of elemental resistance and plus 100 percent spell damage. And you can do the voice of she who was. I forget if doing this attack takes away the avatar form or not. Um, but anyway, the the voice of she who was uh I guess was kind of modeled after that scene in Dogma where Alanis Morissette screams and disintegrates whichever of the angels, Ben Affleck. Uh, anyway, it does a bunch of prismatic damage. Uh, Avatar of the Storm Tortoise, get plus 100% initiative, get a whole bunch of MP and a whole bunch of MP regen. And that uh, conditional skill is just the... Enemy gets struck by lightning and suffers 300 damage, and then you get a bunch of MP back. Um, so that's sort of what that is all about. And I guess that's it. That is it for how those blessings work. So all of that stuff is the stuff that is very specific to Turtle Tamers and only uh, only operates when you are a Turtle Tamer when you're doing it. Um, and I think that more than, more than other classes, that, that change kind of rendered their combat skills not super meaningful when you're playing outside of the class but that's okay because every class got inherent meaningful combat skills i mean clearly some of them were better than others and the ones that people like really cared about were tended to be the ones that were influential in the metagame but still everybody got to be more or less survivable and playing in a in a different way and had different things to care about and different things to pay attention to um uh so the mime uh, christmas skill the mime crimbo skill that turtle tamers got was quiet determination which was just a plus 25 percent muscle facial expression um i forget if i think maybe there were just a cycle of those where the other classes also Maybe the other buffing classes got facial expressions that were, I think that is in fact what happened. Like there was just a set of plus 25% to all stats, uh, facial expressions. Um, the, I forget where this, where Galapagosian mating call came from. Oh, that was from the fortune teller, uh, skill. And that is just a, 
minor uh, olfaction. Like you use it on a monster and it makes that monster more likely to uh, appear uh, on future turns. Um, so that one was like potentially metagame relevant. And then the vampire, uh, the dark gift skill was blood bond, which this was one of the ones that we actually thought people might use, uh, which is you spend 30 hit points to get plus five familiar weight and a uh, negative hit point regen of eight to 10 hit points per adventure for 10 adventures. Um, just because again, like familiar weight is always good and always a thing that like it does whatever it is that you care about doing by virtue of having that familiar out. And so it's just a very versatile thing that you might as well always have more of. Um, so yeah, that was all of the Turtle Tamer skills. Uh, this one was a little shorter than the Seal Clubber one, but that's fine. I think a lot of their skills were just uh, less interesting. And also, eh, who knows? Not less interesting, just less complicated. Um, anyway, uh, I have, uh, I've arrived at the office, and so now it's uh, time for me to stop talking about Turtle Tamers and start making Turtle Tamers. <laughs> 